Oh, a day such as this and an evening such as this reminds me of the psalmist in Psalm 92 when he began by saying, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. How thankful we are for the salvation that is in God through Jesus Christ. And then also verse 2, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. And last evening we declared the faithfulness of God. Tonight we shall do the same as we consider the subject beforehand. I appreciate Michael's prayer and the kind words that he said about our work in International Gospel Hour, of which Michael has been a good encourager of that work for years. And as I mentioned last evening a couple of things, and as I do each night, uh, just try to mention a little something, but when, uh, you, you may not know this, but International Gospel Hour went on the air in 1934. It's the longest running radio program in Churches of Christ. We are the second or third longest running weekly religious program in the history of radio in this country. And that is something that is a, uh, it's very humbling, and we're thankful the Lord continues to open doors. But when I took that work, one of the first questions that I had asked, are you going to have a program on GBN? For a number of years, I, well, I remember when the late Brother Barry Gilreed Sr., Don, he leaned over to me at a preacher's luncheon and said, Brother Jeff, what would you think about a 24-hour-a-day, seven days a week preaching the gospel? which was a wonderful idea, and that came into life in 2005, I believe it was. Living in the Chattanooga area, I had a part in programming there. Don came on board as the executive director. He was a great encourager, continues to be, and thankful that we have a broadcast in 2021 that aired on the Gospel Broadcasting Network. Now, depending on where you live here in the county, you have GBN on Twin Lakes Telephone, Channel 16, if you have cable through Twin Lakes Telephone. And so GBN is a 24-7 channel there on Twins Lake TV. You can also see our program on our YouTube channel. Did you know YouTube is the most sought-after streaming network? More than Netflix, more than Hulu. You go to, brothers, if you need to know how to fix something, go to YouTube. You can find out how to fix it. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because if you don't go now, your wives will. But, uh, but it, it can help you figure out if you've got a job to do. But we have a channel, International Gospel Hour channel on YouTube, and it has become quite profitable for us. People tune in. It's free. You can see our programming. And, of course, we air on GBN four times a week and thankful for that opportunity and uh, grateful for the open doors in 2022 when we went into certain over-the-air markets where there's not a lot of television of the Lord's church. I never thought I'd preach in Eugene, Oregon, but I do every Sunday morning. Never thought I'd preach in Casper, Wyoming, but we started doing that back in October. And so to be able to speak in different markets and go to different places is a true joy, and we give God the glory. So any of that you can use for your work and what you do, please feel free to, and we're thankful for the door the Lord has opened. And thankful I could share that with you a little bit tonight here. I'd like for you to consider with me tonight, your family matters because of your children. Tonight the lesson before you is taken, Brother Tisdale if you will, 
from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. Now, as we have that on the screen, as you see it, we will look at it, we will read it, and then the sermon outline is taken from what you see on the screen and what we will refer to. So this text will remain up for the evening. I have failed to say and to acknowledge those who may be watching us uh, through Facebook Live, through the channel of the Center Grove Congregation. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you can be with us, but if you can't, we're thankful for the things and the interests that you have that be of God, and we're grateful that you're with us each and every time. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. Hebrews 11, now verse 24. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, or the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Hebrews 11, thrilling chapter. To read of those that by faith followed after God and the example for us that if we by faith follow after God and true biblical faith is not simply I believe but a belief that moves you and I to do the will of the Father. And when we look at a passage such as this that Moses' faith in his younger years guided him in his later years. Tonight, children, young people, Wonderful blessings. And may you have a faith that will sustain you and strengthen you when you, if you will, become of age and even longer. Young people, you matter. Your family matters. You are part of your family, whether you're the oldest, the youngest, the middlest, if you will. Some of you might be saying, Brother Archie, there is no such word as middleist, but it is now. But whatever the case might be, the encouragement of you moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, your encouragement, your presence tonight, we, while we will address matters to help our young people with their young faith to be geared toward the Lord and to Jesus Christ, we want you to know that you are the ones with the influence. You are the ones that will make a difference. Paul commended the young man Timothy for his faith that as a young man he learned from his grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5, that from a child he had known the Holy Scriptures which were able to make him wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Second Peter, or rather Second Timothy, chapter 3 and verse 15. As we talked yesterday from Titus chapter 2, as we laid our foundation, how the younger men are to be taught by the aged men, the younger women by the aged women, and the plan that God had put forth there. As he told Titus throughout that book to put all things in order. And so as we think about this tonight, you can help your children 
You can help them with the decisions they make. And tonight as we look at the first point, it's going to be kind of a point of bringing the parents in and the children so we can lay that foundation and then we move on to an exhortation to the young people in our presence tonight who are growing in their faith. Number one, I want you to notice with me, verse 23. Never underestimate faithful parenting. When we look at our family matters, never underestimate the faithful parenting of mothers and daddies. He was hidden three months by his parents. They saw he was a beautiful child. They were not afraid of the king's command. We learn in Exodus 2 in verse 1 of a man of the house of Levi who took a wife, the daughter of Levi, a daughter of Levi. We know that later, Exodus 6 and verse 20, to be Amram and Jochebed, the parents of Moses, of the tribe of Levi, to be the priestly tribe, if you will. Therefore, parents, we submit to you that parents that are faithful to God make a greater difference in the lives of their children. Again, Titus 2, 1 through 8. When we look at Ephesians 6 and verse 4, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And your fathers, the and joins back what was said earlier, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is well with thee, that you may live long on the earth. And you fathers... While there are children who are obedient, there are fathers that God commands to lead their household. You can see the root of Moses' faith here with his parents. Would you please note the phrase in verse 23, they were not afraid of the king's command. They prepared with their faith. They put their lives on the line for what they believed to preserve Moses whose life was slated to be taken as all other children due to that horrendous rule of that Pharaoh. Dear friends, today as I look at that even more and more, if the wicked Pharaoh could do something as he was going to do with the younger children, I have a fear today of what governmental rule can very well do for our children. When we live in a government that... That's in the days of Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And how you and I in recent years have seen decisions within the realm of our government. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to call it like I should call it. If Jesus could refer to Herod as a fox, then I can refer to those who are leading our government. I don't care what party they are. I am not a Democrat preacher, a Republican preacher, an independent preacher. I am a Christian who stands under the authority of God. And I don't care what the party is. If they're going to advocate things against what God would have them to do, God ought to move every one of them out of there. And we ought to have a say in that. If not, why not? When our government, our judicial authority decided to rewrite God's laws on marriage? When there are those today that wish to call again evil for good and good evil, 
Dear friends, such should not be the case. Parents today do not need to be afraid of the king's command. This is your house. They are your children. Never allow what's outside your house to come into your home. Never allow what's outside your house to come into your home. A quick reminder, studies have shown that when both mama and daddy are faithful and are involved in the work of the Lord, the percentages are well into the 90s that their children, percentages into the 90s that their children are faithful. If only both parents are moderately faithful, just show up pretty much on Sunday, that number drops to about 73%. Where you have one parent who is faithful, that number drops even more. But where you have no parents faithful, the number is very low. Last of seed, 6% of children would be faithful. Parents don't underestimate the power of faithful parenting because if you keep the Lord's church first in your life, then there's a good possibility your children will as well. Would you notice a second thing with me? Would you notice from verses 24, 27, and 28, never lose your faith in God. Speaking to our youth, never lose your faith in God. When we look at verse 24, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter when he became of age. In verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. In verse 28, through faith he kept the Passover. We find that Moses made his decisions. And young people, you need to be by faith, by faith, by faith. To, root your, to have your roots deep in your faith, which should be in God, should be in Christ. Consider with me, if you will, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. Let no man despise your youth. Some translations say, let no one look down on you because you're young. Let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believers. An example of the believers, young people that already believe Example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You be the example of the believers and hold your faith in God. Hold to such basic truths, but yet basic truths that become blossoming truths as you grow. There is a God, the Almighty God, and He created the world. From Genesis 1 and verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And in Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Young people, there is a God. There is the God. He created the world and never back away from that. When the evolutionists want to take you away from that, keep standing in your faith in God. When you are rooted and you believe in God and you will stand firm. Parents, that's where the home comes back in. I remember as a boy reading something out of my science book. And of course, you know, I was a child of, you know, went to elementary school in the 60s, teenager in the 70s. But I can remember reading something to mama about how we came into being from that science book. It stated that we had evolved from monkeys. You know how my mama stopped that? 
Mama said, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. We're created in God's image, and that's all there is to it. Now, my mama didn't need a degree. My mama had an eighth grade education, graduated eighth grade, and she said, that's enough. And my mama had an eighth grade education, but she would remind us, don't bring that stuff in this house. And when there are those that wish to take our very faith, when there are those that go off to school and the schools take them away, there's a real good possibility that they were pretty well gone to begin with. Young people, there is a God, the Almighty God. He created the world and all in it. Would you also embrace that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? It is amazing of the history that affirms that one by the name of Christ walked on this earth. He is the Son of God. To where Peter looked up, Whom do men say that I am? Jesus asked in Matthew 16, 13. Who do the common men say that I am, if you will? Well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But whom do you say that I am? And Peter stepped up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. God is living. You're His Son. You're on earth. You come into this earth as... God with us, Matthew 1, 21. Hebrews 5, 9 tells us, Though he was a son, yet learned he obedience through the things which he suffered, and having been made perfect, perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Place that strong in your faith. Not only there is the God who created everything, but Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Number three, put this one in your roots. The Bible is the Word of God. And we have the Bible from the end of Genesis to the amen of the Revelation. We have the Bible where God revealed His will for man and revealed His very words to man. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It covers it all that the man of God may be perfect or complete thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God's word is sufficient, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Psalm 119, verse 105. A word that knows no bounds, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 9. A word that is akin to the snow that falls from heaven and the rain that comes thereof, that waters and replenishes the earth, that it will bring forth bud and it will bring forth bread for the eater. And God says, so shall my word be that comes forth from my mouth. It's going to do what I put forth for it to do. You cannot go wrong knowing God's word. I mentioned last evening of homeschooling mothers. One homeschooling mother said, we use your International Gospel Hour daily program for our devotional. God bless you. Thank you. Homeschooling mamas. But you know what? Even if your children go to the public schools, we still need homeschooling mamas and homeschooling daddies to make certain that faith is rooted deep down. Young people, when you grasp there is the God, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Bible is the Word of God, number four, make sure your marriage is a Christian marriage. And if you're not praying now for the one you are going to marry, you should be praying now. Somebody says, oh, now, wait a minute, Brother Archie. You're starting to get them married off way too young. I didn't say anything about marrying anybody off. But when they get ready, aren't you thankful that their prayer prepared and prayer answered? 
Show of hands, mamas and daddies, how many of you would be thrilled if your child married a heathen? That's what I thought. Aren't you grateful that your boy brings home a girl and when he walks in the door, Mama and Daddy, I want you to meet Jezebel. Oh, my. No, that's not going to go. That's not going to work. We want our children to marry the very... We should be praying for that. Praying for that individual. Because make sure your marriage is a Christian marriage. I knew an old boy that prayed a prayer constantly. Father, please send me a beautiful young Christian bride to share my life with. That's what he prayed all the time. Prayed it for years. Does that answer your question? 35 years and running. Bless her heart. (laughs) 35 years and running. Yes, I prayed that prayer. And I'm thankful. To the Lord for that answer. Make sure your marriage is a Christian marriage. One man, one woman for life. In Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And then when they began to question Jesus, can a man put away his wife for any reason? And Matthew 19, trying to tempt him, trying to trap him, Jesus just went right back to the beginning and said, From the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whosoever divorces his wife, except it be for fornication and marries another, commits adultery. Whoever marries her which is put away or divorced commits adultery. It is absolutely astounding to me, folks. And I grew up in the Lord's church. It's all I've ever known. It is amazing to me how people will skirt, will slide, will twist, will try every which way in the world to get around that plain, simple passage that Jesus taught. It is amazing. Jesus said... Except it be for fornication and you marry another, you commit adultery. It's just as plain as can be. And the best time to cease adultery and cease divorce is before you get married. Nobody rushes you down the aisle, young people. You take your time. You court. You understand. You grow together. You both want to have the same goals and that's toward heaven and to help each other get there. When you look around the room and you see couples sitting side by side that's been married 50, 60, 70 years, they know how to endure. They know what to do. Learn from them. But make your marriage a Christian marriage. Number five, keep your faithful friends close. People that will help you get to heaven and the joy of that. Be not deceived, Paul said. Evil communication, corrupt good manners. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. I love 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Follow with them that call on the Lord. Follow with them who are Christians. Keep your faithful friends close. Dear friends, never lose your faith in God and the things we have brought forth tonight in this section here of keeping your faith in God are things that God has provided to keep you walking faithfully. You want to marry and Lord wills if you're here with your spouse and here 
that you get to sit with your parents, you get to see those grandchildren, you can pass those grandchildren off to your parents, and they'll give them back to you when it's time to go home. But you can enjoy and embrace those moments and watch children grow. Keep your faith in God. Let nobody take it. Hold to it as tight as you can. Would you notice once again with our lesson text, would you look at verse 25? I would submit to you, building on the first two points, I would submit to you, never leave the people of God, His church. Now tomorrow night we're going to talk more about the church of our Lord. But I want you to look at verse 25 with the first part where it says, Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He knew that Egypt... He knew the world could not meet the needs. He chose to remain with the people of God. Separated himself unto the people of God. In 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14, Come out from among them and be ye separate. Relationships that Paul was talking of. Don't have the relationship with the world to where you are involved with them. You are a chosen generation. You are a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. And then we're called, Old King James Version, peculiar people, which that doesn't mean weird, but peculiar or people for God's possession. That when we're called out of the world, God directs us as His servants. Romans 6, 17 and 18. That as we respond in the world, that people see Christ in us. And what does Paul say, or rather Peter, in the rest of that verse of 1 Peter 2.9? That you should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Show forth His praises for what He has done, what He continues to do. When you think about Joseph in the long ago when he fled from Potiphar's wife in Genesis 39, 12. And after everything that he went through in the prison, and after he went through of the baker that forgot him, and after he went through everything that he did, I am a firm believer that Joseph would have still ran away from Potiphar's wife had the situation came once again. How can I do this great thing and sin against God, he asked her. And when he took off running, his garment came off in her hand. He tore. Man, he must have really been booking. And that's good. Flee. You know, when you look at that word flee, what about 1 Corinthians 6, 18? Flee fornication. Don't get ourselves involved in the circumstance. And you won't have to worry about dealing with the circumstance. I think about the words of my late daddy who used to say, my son, if you never let it start, you never have to worry about stopping it. A lot of truth there. Flee from it. What about 1 Corinthians 10, 14? My beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee away from the things that can be before us and come between us and God. It is amazing as I have grown up in the Lord's church through the years to see and how it's justified is amazing to me how we want to encourage our children in every kind of sporting event possible to the extent of forsaking the assembly because of ball tournaments and everything else. I'm going to tell you something, mamas and daddies. If you're doing that, stop it. 
Every time you give in to that coach who is not their daddy and who is not their mama, every time you give in to that coach, you're going to slowly whittle away that faith. The dedication is to you and to your family. I love when I'm doing gospel meetings in the summer. Brother Don, I love to see boys and girls come in with their ball uniforms on. You know what that tells me? When it was time to come to Bible study, they came. I love it. Glenn Colley calls it, I love seeing my men in uniform. I like that. They'll come. They're right there. Parents made a decision. We're not going to do that. This is what we're going to do. And when we think about that, to flee ourselves idolatry, is when we put other things before God that we cannot do. I love to watch a Tennessee Titan football game more than anything. I enjoy that. I enjoy watching UT football, but folks, I've got to admit, that's just, that's just an enjoyment. If it's there, it's there. I enjoy it. I like to watch college basketball. Renita told me tonight, she said, the Lady Vols will be on at 6.30. I said, hon, 5.30 Central, I'm working tonight. I'm busy. Let me know later how they do. And folks, I enjoy sports just as good as anyone, but don't let sports be your ruling factor. When we give priority to meet those schedules, and let me throw this out while we're here. How is it folks can be, now, there's a difference in being on time and before time. Now, to me, if you're on time, you're late. Now, now I'm not, I don't walk out the door and get mad at me. I realize, well, the accident down the street hindered us tonight. I know things happen. I know things happen. There are times I'm delayed somewhere. Things happen. I know that. But folks, there's a difference in things happening on the occasion and happening all the time. There's a difference in the ox falling in the ditch and us shoving him in it. How people can have their youngins ahead of time for practice, for baseball, they do great. But you come to a Bible school for the Lord and they're late every time they come in the door. Folks, these are things that when we look at fleeing from idolatry, we're allowing the world and it looks good. And we start following those things. And such should not be the case. When we're spending too much time on phones and computers and laptops and iPads, then spending time with family, with the Word of God, with what we should be doing, these are dangers we face. What about in 1 Timothy 6.11? Timothy said, flee these things. To Tim, I'm sorry, Paul said to Timothy, flee these things and follow after righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and meekness, fight the good fight of faith. But when he said flee these things, go back in verses 1 through 10 and see of the things that we are to flee. And among those were materialism. Flee from those things that can take us away. You see, when Joseph made his decision to flee before he had a chance to run, he'd already had his mind made up. Have your mind made up and be set. The family of God, Romans 14, 19, we are to edify and we join together with those who call on the Lord, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22, the Lord's church. The relationship of the Lord's church. Earlier today, I was reading an article that a lady was stating how important community is to the physical health of an individual. 
the importance of community or belonging to a community. And she was speaking kind of in a general sense, a friendship, a circle. Folks, I don't know of a better community than the Lord's church, my brothers and sisters in Christ. That we are able to come together to help one another, to lean on one another when we're hurting. We rejoice with them that rejoice. We weep with them that weep. The joy of this. And the Lord's church of how we can help and be with each other. When Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, and 19, I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock, the rock, the solid foundation, he's the Son of God, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Folks, I have said this on the air. I have said this for a long time. The only church that I have the authority to stand and proclaim is the church that I see of in the New Testament and anything less, anything else is less and not what the Lord intends. We are not taught in the scripture that we are saved through any denominational body, but we are saved in Christ and within His church of which we are part members, and of which he is the head of the church. And I gently encourage our radio listeners, viewers, whatever, take your church and put it up against the church in the New Testament and see if it meets what it should. If it doesn't, then we don't want to be involved in something that we cannot find in Scripture. Dear friends, when we see the church of our Lord, and this is the exhortation to the young people, never leave the church. Never leave the family of God. Never leave the people of God. If you leave home and you go off to college somewhere, you get yourself involved in a local congregation there. Those people will lap you up like ice cream. They will be so thankful to see you. And then you get involved with that congregation. Men, young men, you serve in that congregation. If you're looking for a place, wherever you may go, reach out back home and say, where can we go? If John doesn't know, if Ronald doesn't know, they know somebody who does know. But when there are young people that go off to college and they walk into local congregations and they're willing to help and they're willing to serve, it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. It helps the local church. It helps them grow as well. And it keeps them going. Can you imagine going home that first weekend you go back home and they ask you, hey, tell me about the church where you attend. Well, I found a congregation just down the road from school where I stay. I've got friends going with me. I remember when Ashton was baptized. I would always tell our deacon who was in charge of lining people up, Michael, I'd always tell him, young man baptized the week before, the very next time around, get him up reading scripture. Put him to work. Don't ask, just put him up there. I grew up in an era when you were told or asked to do something, you did it in worship. Your knees might shake, 
You might have been scared to death, but you got up there and you did your very best. I said, put him up there reading scripture. If a young man can stand up and read the Bible in front of an audience, he can get up and he can do anything in the Lord's kingdom. He can. If he gets up and he simply reads the scripture, he can do anything. Ashton got up, he read scripture. Ashton continued to grow. Ashton was a high school wrestler, got a scholarship to Cornell University. Ivy League. Mm-hmm. The young lady that he dated, his, her family talked with him. Reminded him of the blessing of the church and when he got to Cornell he needed to find a congregation. Long story short, Ashton found a congregation. Ashton got very involved. One of Ashton's teammates was interested and Don Ashton baptized him last quarter, last semester. Beautiful story. You see, he goes off and now folks, you go up in the northeast, it's a different area. If anybody's viewing, we mean that with all respect, but when you take a look at the culture line and everything, you get a little bit of everything. Ivy League school, but he's involved, he's active, comes home and starts talking about it. That's a far cry from somebody that walks in the door and says, Mom and Daddy, I don't think I'll go to church with you this morning. I just don't believe what you believe anymore. That or heartbreaking folks, you could, I believe a child could physically slap his mama or daddy, and it wouldn't hurt near as much as to hear a parent to hear the words, Mama and Daddy, I just don't believe what you believe anymore. This is why this is so important to never leave the people of God, the church. If you go off, if you go off to Tennessee Tech in Cookville, I know you're close enough here at home, but if not, worship there. Cookville congregation just right down the road. Starting a wonderful college ministry, go there. Be active in the Lord's work. You're close enough here at home, you can continue to be active, and that's wonderful. If you go off to Middle Tennessee State University, visit our friends at East Main. Find a congregation where you can attend. Find a place where you could go. Never, ever leave the church. Finally, my friends, never think that sin is rewarding. Look at verse 25. Never think that sin is rewarding. Look at the end of verse 25. Then do we enjoy the passing pleasures of sin or the pleasures of sin for a season? Sin is deceptive. After all, the leader of sin is a deceiver, the deceiver. Revelation 12, 9, Revelation 20 and verse 10, Satan himself. James 4, 17 says, Therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. 1 John 3, 4, sin is transgression of the law. 1 John 5, 17, all unrighteousness is sin. Sin will take us further than we ever wanted to go. It will cost us more than we ever want to pay. We need to come out separate from among such. Once again, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 17. Never think sin is rewarding. The passionate moment of a young man and a young woman in the act of fornication. That is a sin. It's not rewarding. It thrusts you into parenthood quicker than you realize. 
It will thrust you into a marriage when you are very well not ready. It will cast your parents into a mode to where they're not ready. There are a number of folks that overcome God's grace. They rise again, but some struggle so hard. Once again, don't allow that pleasure to deceive you. And by way of invitation, would you please note verses 26 and 27. Moses looked. Moses looked. He looked to the reward. Verse 27. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. He looked he endured. There is a prize of which we press onward. Philippians 3.14 We look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12 and verse 2 There's something better ahead. We look toward that. We take all that we've looked at tonight and we keep pressing onward toward the prize Again, Philippians 3.14, we look, we endure, we press onward. And the more we keep pressing onward and the more we keep going forward, we will not want to go backward. Tonight, we've talked about some very basic yet truths that need to be well-rooted and deep in our hearts of our young men and our young ladies and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, your family matters. Your family matters. And our young people matter. And I am thrilled when I see young people who grew up in the Lord's church. Young people that meet someone who wants to help them get to heaven. Young people that grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's the best way to live. It is the only way to live. And you will have more blessings and more open doors and more opportunities when you lay your goals now. You God wrap them. You Christ drive them. Your word, His word leads you. And when you do so, you will find when you get older, life sure is sweet because you made decisions when you were younger. You're investing in your future. I have to confess, the things that I reap today are goals that were set many, many years ago. God will guide you and young people the world is out there with God leading your way. Whether you're a mama, a daddy, a grandma, grandpa, young, old, the case tonight. Let me tell you where it all begins. It begins when you make the decision to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen people obey the gospel young. I've seen people obey the gospel old. I have immersed them as teens and I've immersed them in their 80s. Sweeter every time.
You never know when you'll have another opportunity. I'm not being morbid. That's life. You don't know. But 2 Corinthians 6.2 tells us of the appointed time and how we're reminded, behold, today is the day of salvation. We're going to stand in a moment. We're going to sing the song of encouragement, of exhortation, of invitation. If you've yet to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, will you move on your faith tonight and will you confess that faith before others and be baptized tonight into Christ for the remission of your sins? Washes away that old man you have set to press onward for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You come out of the waters of baptism in newness of life a new creation, and God places you within His church where there is the people of God. And then every day that goes by, we grow in our faith. We're strengthened by the Word of God, by fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, by walking by faith and living for Him. If you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ tonight, this is your opportunity. As we've been speaking mainly to our young people tonight, we want you to make the proper decisions and the right decisions. And then when you obey the gospel of Christ, you're able to build your life after Jesus Christ. Why? Because you matter. Your family matters. And also, I suppose, my toughest time in life it was probably my teenage years. They were not easy. I can't even fathom what you're going through now. But if you're struggling, don't let Satan get the upper hand. Don't let someone pull you away. 